Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll take our final look back at the Raiders' 16-14 win over the Cleveland Browns. We'll also give you an injury update given by interim head coach Rich Basaccia. Fox Sports' Colin Cowherd, he has some thoughts on quarterback Derek Carr. Coming up in segment number two, want to share the interview I was a part of with JT the Brick and Eric Allen on the Raiders' official pregame show that was on Monday prior to the Raiders and Browns game. Then we'll close things out with your calls and texts. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, December 22nd. 2021. Let's get it. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down. And welcome into today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. This episode is being brought to you by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and the comfort of life less ordinary with Stance. Also, I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. And before I get into today's show, definitely want to wish uh, the wife of Q. That's right, my wife. Happy birthday. It is her birthday today, so uh, she has to put up with me on the regular, so I definitely appreciate her and love her very, very much and want to thank her uh, for everything she has done. So uh, happy birthday, wife of Q. Appreciate her. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. Off top, want to give an injury report. And I think when it comes to injuries, Jonathan Abram is probably one of the biggest ones that I'll be looking forward to. Want to find out what happens with him. He left the game uh, with a shoulder injury. And Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network, he tweeted out on Tuesday that Raider safety Jonathan Abram suffered a dislocated shoulder in Monday night's win over the Browns. It's happened before. Abram has not missed a snap all season long. He'll undergo an MRI. Again, that was Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. And there in Rich Basaccia, he met with the media on Tuesday. This is what he had to say about the injury report, including safety Jonathan Abram. Right now, injury-wise, uh, Jonathan Abram um, had his MRI today, and so we'll, uh, we'll know more as the day goes on and uh, see what his prognosis is uh, through the week, but uh, we'll certainly know more by the late afternoon. Um, Darren Waller and uh, Denzel Perryman both um, stayed here over the weekend and had treatment yesterday and today, and uh, they'll be both be a work in progress. We'll know more again um, as we get to the end of the week. And uh, Nate Hobbs is still in the uh, COVID reserve um, position at this particular point. So nothing official yet on Jonathan Abram and his MRI. That's something that maybe later on this afternoon or maybe even this morning, depending on what time you're listening to this, maybe the news has already rolled out about him. Of course, as someone that I'll really be paying attention to. And then you heard the nugget there about Darren Waller and Denzel Perryman both stayed back in, uh, in Henderson and didn't go, didn't make that trip to Cleveland uh, as the Raiders took on the Browns. He knew that they weren't going to play, so they stayed and got treatment. Hopefully that can help get them back sooner rather than later. I know there's only three games left, but it'd be nice to have have both of those guys back and then Nate Hobbs is still in COVID-19 protocols the good thing the good news that the Raiders had on Tuesday was no other players were put into the COVID-19 protocols that was something that I was very concerned about going in that game against the Browns and coming out of that game against the Browns was definitely concerned about as you see it going across all sports I mean I'm not just talking NFL I'm talking basketball hockey really doesn't matter man this COVID-19 thing is really uh, taking a toll on a lot of these games and causing a lot of cancellations across sports in general so I'll 
was really concerned that the Raiders were going to add some more people to the COVID-19 list. And doesn't mean that they're out of the woods. Doesn't mean that they won't at some point, but they didn't on Tuesday. So I think that that's a really good sign. Also, I wanted to go over the Raiders defensive snaps from Monday's game. I thought this was pretty interesting against Cleveland. Trayvon Merrick, 56 snaps. Brandon Faison, 56 snaps. KJ Wright, 56. Casey Hayward, 56. Jonathan Abram had 45 before he left the game injured. Max Crosby had 43. Quentin Jefferson had 40. Unique Ngakwe had a very ineffective 40. Divine Diablo. This is really why I'm pointing this out. 34. Keyshawn Nixon, 34. He was in there quite a bit in the nickel position. Filling in for Nate Hobbs, who's on the COVID-19 protocol list. Jonathan Hankins, he also had 33 snaps. Solomon Thomas had 25. Markel Lee, 22. Dallin Levitt, 17. Clee Furl, 16. Darius Phylon, 14. Carl Nassib, 13. In return from injury. Roderick Teamer had 11. And Corey Littleton had 5. So the ones I really wanted to point out there, Divine Diablo, he's continued to get more reps each and every week since he's really become a, a guy on the defensive side of the ball. He was just a special teamer, but now he's doing his thing on the defensive side of things. Corey Littleton didn't get the start. Divine Diablo had 34 snaps as opposed to Corey Littleton's five. And then a guy like Solomon Thomas, those 25 snaps, that's really good for him. Cleve Furl was needed against the run. He had 16 snaps. And Carl Nassib coming back from injury with 13. Uh, not too bad at all for those guys. Now, Rich Basaccia was asked about Devon Diablo in the media session on Tuesday. Uh, what he's seen from him as he's getting more and more playing time, not only on special teams, but also on defense. Well, I think he's um, certainly got more versed in what we're calling on defense and how it works. And he's played multiple positions for us. You know, on defense, I think Richard Smith's done a great job with him, you know, getting him prepared week in and week out and more practice reps, more practice reps, more practice reps. And I think in special teams, we had a chance to see him make plays in space on kickoff, make tackles in space on the punt team, really did a good job protecting Forrest with the punter, and he's still on both of those units. So I think we're excited about the progress he's made. Um, getting more and more reps on defense, and now it's starting to, to show up in the game. So we really expect him to play well each week. Divine Diablo is one of the young guys that I really like, and the Raiders have a handful of young guys. I know that, you know, we look at the team, we look at the win-loss record, we look and see how the Raiders have got there, and you get a little bit of, you know, down and get in your feelings a little bit. But I'll tell you, man, they have some nice young talent on this squad. I like what I've seen from Trayvon Merrick a lot. I like what I see from Devon Diablo, and I know it's a limited sample size. Malcolm Koontz, the same thing. But they've got some young dudes that I think can go out there and compete. Nate Hobbs, of course, he's been fun to watch his rookie year. I mean, there's a lot of good pieces on this squad. So I've said it multiple times. I think that this team just needs some fine tuning. I don't think that they need to be a complete rebuild. I really don't. I think there's some quality pieces uh, to work with for whoever's going to be the next head coach. And if it's going to be Mike Mayock as the GM, so be it. If it's going to be someone else, so be it as well. But I do think that they have some good pieces to work with. Now, one question that I thought was important that Rich Bisaccia was asked, and of course we'll deep dive into Denver tomorrow with the crossover edition, but he was asked if the Raiders started prepping for Denver even before they played that game against Cleveland on Monday afternoon. Yeah, I think that, which was fortunate for us, you know, we, we thought we were going to have time to prepare for them a little bit earlier, uh, but because of the situation we ran into, we took Saturday um, as it would have been the Monday that we had gotten after the game and uh, gave us a chance to um, get prepared for them a little bit ahead. And then, you know, fortunately it was a later game for us and we got the, the game that they played on Sunday yesterday morning, so we took a good portion 
early in the morning before we met with the team uh, to play Cleveland to kind of go through that game that they just played. So not anything earth shattering there, but I still thought it was pretty cool that they have got their game plan in place. You know, that they were already starting to prepare and work on the Denver Broncos. I mean, every game for the rest of the season, there's only three left. You got the Broncos, you're on the road with the Colts and you're back home against the Chargers. Every game must be treated like a playoff game. And I'm not talking about, I think that the team's going to make the playoffs. I said it multiple weeks ago that you got to win two in a row before you even start talking about a playoff team. But still, each game needs to be treated like a playoff. If you lose, you're out. Simple as that. You lose and you go home. That's how the approach needs to be each and every week. Again, we'll talk about the upcoming game and games uh, further on down the road this week. But I thought that that's good that they already started to prepare for their next opponent. And the final thing I want to play for you here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast comes from Colin Cowherd. And he's not a guy that I quote. He's not a guy that I play quotes from all the time. But uh, lately he's you know been talking about Derek Carr and he's been on point. He's had a lot of good stuff to say. And I know that Carr is a lightning rod. I absolutely know that. You love them. You hate them. Some people are indifferent. They don't really care. They just want to see wins. But Colin Cowherd was talking once again about Derek Carr and the fact that the Raiders has seven wins against seven opponents who are no slouches. It's not like the Raiders are beating up on the Sisters of the Poor. I mean, they're playing teams that are still in the mix technically, mathematically, just like the Silver and Black is still in the mix. So here's Colin Cowherd talking about Derek Carr and talking about he is the Raiders' life preserver. All seven of the Raiders' wins have been over teams sniffing the playoffs. They're not beating up on the poor here. Uh, Ravens, Dolphins, Steelers, Broncos, Eagles, Cowboys, Browns, they've beaten some pretty good teams. Good teams, not maybe special outside of maybe Dallas, but, you know, they, they've um, they got some, they're okay. They, they And mostly it's Derek Carr. But it's really hard to overcome bad management or ownership. Derek Carr, the last three years, 68 completion percentage, 99 passer rating, 66 touchdowns, 28 picks. That's with chaos at GM, coach, owner. Oh, yeah, the franchise moved. Pretty impressive, right? Here's another one. He's one of three quarterbacks in the NFL that has thrown for at least 4,000 yards the last four years. The other are Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. But he's on his fifth head coach in eight years, and in about a month, he's going to be on his sixth head coach in nine years. I'm not, ask- I'm not asking that you give him Andy Reid. Or Sean Payton or Belichick. How about just give him stability? I mean, it, it, it's he, it's a he's the life preserver of this franchise. I don't think Derek Carr needs Andy Reid, but he's going to be on his sixth head coach at some point. Stop banging on him. I think it's amazing he's accomplished what he has. It, it, it's he's the in fact he's too nice of a guy. But if I was Derek Carr, I would strongly consider saying. I've run out of life preservers. I got to go. Try swimming in the Raiders chaos for the last eight years. I think what Derek's doing is absolutely remarkable. And by the way, this morning, the AFC standings, Raiders are seven and seven. The Browns are seven and seven. And the Raiders have had a tragedy. They're an interim coach. You know, the franchise didn't move that long ago. Folks, if you don't get Derek Carr, you just you got to see outside yourself. You don't understand how hard it is to overcome bad management, new management, new coach. Guys had to have five different playbooks. Just a couple minutes right there, Colin Cowherd talking about Derek Carr. And sometimes I think it's easier to hear something from someone else. Like you can get used to hearing whatever I got to say and you just kind of roll with the flow, roll with the punches or whatever like that. Sometimes it takes someone else to say something and kind of draws your attention, a different voice. And then you say, okay, well, maybe he's got a point. And I'm not saying you got to agree with him at all. 
I'm just throwing it out there as food for thought. That's it. I mean, and that's that's all I want to do. I know that everyone's going to have their own opinion. I'm okay with that. He threw out a lot of stats right there, and I know stats don't necessarily mean W's. And really, at the end of the day, W's are all that matters. But I just thought it was interesting, an interesting take there from Colin Cowherd. So I wanted to pass it along and let you hear it. Again, just food for thought. Not saying you have to agree with him. Not saying I agree with everything he said. Just thought it was interesting, and again, uh, this is the platform to think about it, uh, have a little bit of food for thought, you know, hear some constructive criticism from another angle, another a point of view, and, you know, you make your own judgment for it. But uh, that's that's what I wanted to go ahead and play for you from Colin Cowherd, uh, Fox Sports right there. Uh, good stuff as far as I'm concerned. Coming up in segment number two, I had an opportunity to be a part of the official Raiders pregame show with JT The Brick and Eric Allen on Monday, not in the capacity that I thought it was going to be in originally, but I was still on the show. I'll explain it all coming up in segment number two and you'll hear that conversation i thought that was a a lot of good stuff before i get to that though i do want to remind you that the super bowl 56 in la sofi stadium is only a few short months away less than 100 days and on location the official hospitality partner of the nfl is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Had a lot of different directions that I was thinking about going in today's segment in this show. Was thinking about talking about wins and losses and how I should never have to defend a win and that you should never defend a win regardless. I mean, especially in December in the NFL, you'll take a win any way you can get it. You know, it's funny on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Tuesday, I told everyone, I went on the air and I said, look, I have been very competitive throughout the course of my life. I have competed in a lot of different sports, a lot of different games, a lot of activities, and there's never been one time in my life that I ever won anything and was mad about it. I mean, seriously, like never was mad about winning anything. Now I get there could be certain circumstances like you could win a prize that you're not a big fan of, but at the end of the day, you still won. It's nothing to be angry about. Regardless how you came about a victory, you still won. And that's what the Raiders ultimately did on Monday. Again, I know it wasn't to some people's likings. I know some people weren't satisfied with the win. Look, they all look the same in the column. It's another notch in the W column. But uh, that's not what I'm going to talk about. I think that I can go back and forth with that conversation uh, all day long until I'm blue in the face. I really don't want to do that. Instead, I want to share with you an interview that I did on Monday before the Raiders-Browns game. And it was a part of the official pregame show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen and I had mentioned it last week when I thought the game was going to be played on Saturday matter of fact on Friday's show I was excited about it because I was saying that I was going to co-host the pregame show with JT Eric Allen wasn't going to be able to be there his son had just graduated from college and so he had just he wasn't going to be able to make the pregame show but he'd be there for the postgame show well since the game got moved he was obviously there on Monday so I was a little disappointed but at the same time you know I get it it's not my show but it was an opportunity that I really wanted to, to have So what JT did is said, hey, come down to the M Resort and we'll have you on as an insider. We'll have you on on the set and we'll have you, uh, you know, be part of the conversation. So I took that and I ran with it. I ran with that opportunity. So I just wanted to share the conversation with you. You might not find it as intriguing as I did, but I was really proud of it. And I thought that it was another one of those things that I like to check off the, the checklist of things that I can do. The next step. 
is actually, you know, be the co-host for the pregame show throughout the whole course of the show for the whole couple hours. But hey, you got to start somewhere, right? So here's my conversation with JT the Brick and Eric Allen on the official pregame show on Monday. JT and Eric Allen as we continue outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill on the Raiders pregame show brought to you by Karma Automotive, the official luxury EV vehicle of the Las Vegas Raiders. Q Myers is our insider. He's our program director on Raider Nation Radio, hosts the show. He was out doing double duty today, the morning <laughs> show. How was that? Hey, man, it was bright and early, but it was fun. You know, anytime you get an opportunity to get the microphone in front of you and be able to talk some Raider football, it's always a good day. Yeah, and you've had a big year, and we were talking before you came on. Uh, a lot of work here. We got the station going, interacting with fans, and this was an interesting year with the Gruden emails, the Henry Ruggs fatality, that tragedy there. There were a lot of con- there was a lot of content that mm-hmm. we didn't expect this year on top of covering the football team on the field. Right, exactly. That was the thing about it, man. It's like you, you you go and you expect to cover the team. You cover wins and losses, but then all of a sudden you have human interest. You have a lot of different things going on, elements to the story. So it's like you have the tree, and there are so many different branches that we didn't expect to have this year. But, I mean, you roll with the punches. You do what you got to do. Yeah, and that kind of talked to us a little bit about how that uh, translates into just being able to focus on the football game. That's that's the big thing. How how do you just focus on the football game, you know, and that goes into that mental toughness. And that's something that, you know, you want to be able to focus and, and just talk to X's and O's and talk about how the Raiders are going to win the game. But then you also bring into the human element. How does that affect everyone? How does everything that's gone on affect everyone as people? Because that's at the end of the day, that's who we are, you know, and we look at football players and EA, you know this. I mean, we, we look at football players and say, this guy's invincible. This guy is this guy. He, he doesn't he doesn't feel any pain or anything. But at the end of the day, man, you get to the house. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tough Q and emotional. Q Myers joins us. Q, let, before we get to the game, let's touch on, because you've talked to the fans, how they were inconvenienced with yeah. the schedule move and the diehard Raider Nation that flew to Cleveland, rental cars, hotel rooms, have to extend their stay. I talked to one who couldn't stay. Right. Had to come back to get to work on Monday. So that was a big problem as a lot of Raider fans circled this game when the schedule came out, especially the Raider fans from back east and the ones in the Midwest that wanted to go to this game. No doubt. And I've had people hitting me up all year long that are from the Cleveland area saying, hey, are you coming out for this game? We're going to be ready. We'll be in this lot. We'll be doing this. We'll have our tailgate. And and that's, you know, for them, some of them can, like you said, adjust and be able to go to the game today. But others that came from the West Coast or wherever they flew from, you have to have these things planned out. So you have to have the airplane flight. You have to have the rental car. You have to have the hotels. Oh, by the way, there's, there's work on Monday. You know, I mean, so how many people can come back and say, hey, boss, by the way, the game got moved to Monday, so I'm not going to make it to work. And the boss say, "Oh, hey, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. We'll worry. We'll worry about it. We'll when call you get Roger back. Goodell. We'll yeah, Roger exactly. <laughs> when you get when you're ready to come on back, you come on back. Yeah, Raider fans, and and what was the emphasis uh, this week going into this game? Well, most of it was just the anger about the the game being postponed. And, and you know, one of my biggest questions that I had, and really, I don't think we have too many answers from it, except for the fact that Nate Hobbs is now on the COVID nineteen list. Is what's what changed? From right. Saturday to today, you know, how much better was the scenario going to get? And, and really, I mean, the Browns get a couple guys back, but they still have 16 or 17 guys on the list. Yeah. So, you know, the Raiders lose, lose Nate Hobbs, which I think is is a big deal. But in this game, it might not be as big as right. another game. But, I mean, it's just really there hasn't been a lot of change. And so now you have the, the Raiders upset. You have the Seahawks upset. You have the Rams upset. I mean, all the teams that had their games moved are all upset right now. Q, we've talked about this. It's not Carr playing one-on-one basketball against another quarterback. But Derek Carr is going up against a third-string quarterback today. And Mullins beat him the last time they played. And this is a big game for Derek. Derek has mm-hmm. got to have a game two 
where he carries the team on his back. That could be third and short and a first down. It could be a big third down pass, whatever it is. I expect his body language, his energy. I mean, we have to see a different Derek Carr than we've seen since what happened after the good win in Dallas. And the team has really been spiraling. What do you expect out of Derek today with the weapons that he has? You know, I, I want to see that guy. And I think all the Raider Nation wants to see that guy that comes out with his hair on fire and is just ready to make it happen. And almost that Kirk Cousins, you like that type type game you know like he i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna like you said put this team on my back uh, carry the game with my shoulder and make it happen we just don't know if that's what we're gonna see you know but that's what everyone's expecting to see and it's it's funny i've been talking about it for a while the energy that this team has when they come running through the the lineup when they're announced at allegiance stadium and you know mad max has the condor the arms out you know and Derek looks back at the crowd and pumps everyone up that energy that they're channeling through that rundown I want to see them bring that onto the field when it starts because they need to start fast. And we have not seen them start fast throughout the course of the season except for that Dallas game. Yeah, yeah just a few games, EA, where they really came out of the gate ready to roll. Yeah, although offense, is, you know, generate the headlines. Right. Defensively today, it's where it's at. I mean, it is. they have to figure out a way how to really stop the run, mm -hmm. this football team. What have you seen in this defense that, that says – to, to us in Raider Nation that that's going to be something that they can do today. You know, this is a game I think that K.J. Wright has a, plays a major role. You know, I think the linebacking core, and of course they're out with the, without Denzel Perryman, I think that's a big deal uh, because he's really good at that. But one guy I'm looking for is, is Jonathan Abram. You know, we talked mm -hmm. about him going into the Kansas City Great game point. where he could be a liability. In this game, I feel like he could thrive. Yeah. This should be a game where Jonathan Abram's looking for double-digit double, double digit tackles, and, and they're, they're tackles that make differences. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. tackles where there's tackles for loss. They're the, the big hits that kind of send a message and say, hey, you're not going to run for two bills. You're not going to run for 150 on us. Today, every yard you're going to get, you're going to earn it. Q joins us, Raiders football, presented by Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel. Proud partner of the Raiders. Now I want to spend some time talking about coaches. We all know the elephant in the room. we got yeah. an interim head coach. There's an opportunity to look at head coaches here at the end of December. Two teams, Jacksonville and the Raiders with interim coaches. But this, to me, is a big Gus Bradley game. Because Gus, I think, early in the year, even when the defense has played well, had the players lined up until the Kansas City games. The Kansas City games were bad, bad losses. And we're coming off a Kansas City loss. So what do you think he's done this week? You're out at the facility to line the players up again, calm them down, look at the tape, burn the tape and then do what he's done as a former head coach building up confidence again right he just really needs to reset the product you know because they really came out of the gates with the season starting the season and they played really well and they actually came along a lot quicker than I thought they were but then they almost plateaued at a certain level they need to continue to develop and stopping the run is a major element of it and that's been something that's plagued them throughout the course of the season now when they won against the Cowboys they held the Cowboys to 64 yards rushing that was a big deal, you know, and I know the Cowboys aren't really the run-heavy team that they used to be, <laughs> but still, I mean, you hold Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott to 64 total yards, that's a big deal, yeah. you know, and so that's going to be one of the things. He's going to have to emphasize those guys in the middle. You know, Hankins is going to have to have that, that game. Everyone talks about Big Bang Hank. There's going to have to have a, a big game, and Gakwe is going to have to rededicate himself to not only getting to the quarterback, but stopping the run. Mad Max Crosby is going to have to be disciplined, not go too far up, uh, you yeah. know, up the field. You know, there's, there's a lot of elements to this defense that you like, but then there's other elements where you see there's a little escape valves, and you don't want them to have those escape valves. Yeah, they have to play a consistent like uh, team defense, right, today. Right. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, I just... 
uh, uncharacteristic fumbles, right. drop balls last week. Which one of these receivers has to step up today to, to help Derek have that big breakout game? Well, you know Hunter's going to be Hunter Renfro. He's going to do what, what he does. Uh, I, I'm looking at Zay Jones. I'm looking at Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards is the guy that we've been talking about uh, in the media, on shows. You know, John Gruden, while he was still here, was talking about him having a, a breakout uh, season and being that guy. And he just hasn't, he hasn't really stepped up yet. I would love to see Brian Edwards with those vice grip hands. He doesn't let that ball get to his body. He catches them with his hands. If he can get the ball a couple times and run violently after the catch, he could have a big day. You know, Q, there are guys that when they get their chance, they become stars in yep. any sport. Could yep. be baseball players. You, you jump in for a backup. You're a backup mm -hmm. third baseman, and the guy doesn't get his job back <laughs> because you get hot. I'm waiting for Foster Moreau. I yeah. mean, let's go with this. I keep hearing how good he is, right. and he is a good player. But I think he gets lost in the game plan a lot when Waller's there, and there's no rugs forever. The Waller's not playing now. Foster Moreau in a game like this with the wind and the cold, I'm just talking about getting to the sticks on third down. If it's third and nine, get 10 yards. Mm -hmm. If it's third and six, get to seven. And he's got those basketball moves. Right. He can make a move with his shoulder and block out the opponent and make a play. He can go low to the ground. He can high point. Do you feel like Derek is missing him? He should be more involved here. Too much Renfro, yep. not enough you know, Moreau, when you look at the game plan? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think that he's a guy that, again, another guy we've talked about quite a bit was going to step up and, and play a major role, especially in the red zone, and we haven't seen that. And I'm going to take you guys back. He needs to have one of those old-school Zach Miller-type days when Zach Miller was the tight end. Remember <laughs> yeah, him? And he yeah. used to be the go-to guy all the time. He needs to step up and have that because he has the athletic ability, more, way more athletic ability than Zach had. He has those hands, and, and he can he can make these plays. He's just got to he's gotta be fed a little bit more. So, yeah, I think those are two guys that would really uh, help the Raiders out if they step up today would be uh, Brian Edwards and, and uh, I almost said Zach Miller and, uh, and Foster Moreau. I got stuck in the zone. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah, what about the running game today? What about Josh? Come and, on, uh, Josh. Yeah. Let's go, Josh. Man, I would love to see him go over a bill. You know, he hasn't done it yet this season. Hasn't gone over 100 yards yet this season and, and I'm waiting for it. And I know he is too because he's a hungry young man. He's one of those guys that wants to be great. He wants to be successful. He wants to help lead this team and he just hasn't got it cooking because I think the offense the line hasn't given him the holes he needs, but at some point, he's just got to be the baddest dude out there and say, you know what, I'm just going to make it happen. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you got to get those tough yards. Yeah. Well, today's a game where he's going up against Chubb, and we've talked about you know, Mad Max and Ngakwe are going up against Garrett, mm -hmm. and yeah, you talk about it all oh, the time. Yeah. You said when you yeah. went up against Dion and, and all yeah, those Woodson, guys, you knew yeah. the camera would be on you, right? That's right, for sure. It's so important <clears throat> when you're going against one of your contemporaries, right. uh, whether it be Rod Woodson or you know Deion Sanders and, and those guys you know the focus is going to be on the position. Right. So you want folks to leave there and that guy to understand the respect level that uh, needs to be uh, had after the game's over. All right, Q. Holiday season, best case scenario. Raiders win, turn around on a short week, get Denver at home. I want to take it one game at a time. Right. I really do, but we're way past one game at a time. This is survival mode, so they got two games in six days. The rest of the league knows that the league didn't do them any favors. No. Making them play on this Monday, whatever bracket game you want to call it. This should be enough to motivate this team to play great, correct? Exactly, and I think that they need to come out and play angry. You know, as many guys that were on Twitter and talking about they wanted to play on Saturday, this, that, and the other, go out there and play with your hair on fire. Go on out there and show that anger on the field. You know, go out there and dominate and take what you want. Do like Al Davis said, we're going to take what we want. Not what they give us, but what we want. Thanks for coming down to the set. Way to go, Appreciate Q. you. Q. Great to have them here as we're outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. You're listening to the Las Vegas Raiders Radio Network.
So there it was right there. That was the conversation I had on Monday during the official pregame show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen. Uh, don't know if that was a big deal for you, but I thought it was pretty cool. And again, just kind of a little bit of something to check off the checklist and, you know, something else to continue to work towards uh, even bigger and better things. So uh, I thought I'd share that with you. I've shared a lot of the interviews I've done over the years with you. So I uh, thought I would bring it to the platform on today's show as well. So that's all I got for you for segment number two. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about our good friends at Built Bar. And I've been telling you about Built Bar for many, many moons and getting excited because it's the holiday time and everything that they have cooking right now at Built Bar, including this. Check this out. How about candy cane brownie bites? That's right. You heard me right. Candy cane brownie bites just in time for holidays you know it's coming up on saturday of course you got the new year's as well and uh built bar they are doing it right the brownie bites very excited about them already got a couple orders on the way to the house ruby chocolate built bar puffs lemon dip cheesecake built bar puffs gingerbread eggnog all flavors i'm very excited about for this holiday time and you can be as well of course they have the oldies but goodies as well on their website built.com when you go to check out make sure you use the promo code lock 15 to save 15 percent off your order just just like that. Again, lock15 at built.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. How about we start things off with Mr. Pigface from Utah. He's calling Happy about the win, but upset about the way that the Raiders won the game. Here he is, Mr. Pigface in Utah. This is Mr. Pigface from Utah. He just won the game off a of field. Wilson is the best player in our team. Sorry, I swore. But geez, man, are you serious? This game is wild. It shouldn't have even been like this. The play calls are still bad. The O-line is still bad. I'm glad we won this, but there's no way that we're going to win off of field goals like this. This is unacceptable. What is this? What are we doing? I I love Carr. I know he does good, but I think it's time to move on from him. It's time to get off, uh, trade him for some capital. Let Mariota take place. This is unbelievable. I just watch what I've seen. That's why Daniel Carlson has got the extension because he has more points than touchdowns in this season. This is unacceptable. I'm still mad. Whatever. Good dub, Raiders. I'm watching it now. Just win, baby. Raiders for life. Thank you so much for that call. That was either Mr. Pigface or Mr. Bigface. But either way, I was a new booty caller here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, so I appreciate that. And my man went through every emotion that the season of the Raiders has really gone through. I, I promise you, I felt like listening to that call, I went through every single emotion. You know, kind of calm and chill, then mad, angry, then happy, then upset, then confused, just... You know what I mean? And that's just what the Raiders season has been in a nutshell, man. It's been very inconsistent. It's been very confusing. Uh, It's been very emotional. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have gone on throughout the course of the season. That was actually one of the subjects I talked about on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. Like, if you could describe this season, uh, how would you do it? You know, if you had a word or a couple words to describe this season, what would it be? That was a pretty good, fun topic that we had on Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, hey, man, look, I get it. Uh, I've said it multiple times, field goals aren't going to win you a whole lot of games. Uh, The Raiders got lucky and were able to squeak 
squeak out that victory against the Browns by way of Daniel Carlson in the field goal, but he's made way too many field goals this season. You're absolutely right. He's made way too many field goals that are 40 yards and in. You know, he's made way too many short field goals, meaning that the Raiders aren't cashing in in the red zone. So uh, there's a lot to not like, but as I mentioned multiple times on Tuesday's show, i rather uh, talk about the things that you don't like that they need to clean up, even though they only have three games left officially, come off a win, then tell you all the things that they have to clean up coming off a loss. That's just how it is. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Next up, we got a text from Mariah in Sacramento, the 916. Hey Q, Vader Raider was on point on Tuesday. My thoughts exactly. I know a win is a win, but that was sad. The display this team has put on the last few weeks is so unfortunate. By the looks of it, I'm not sure we even deserve a playoff spot. I love my Raiders, but what we've been seeing is embarrassing. There was so much that went wrong, and after all we've been through, you'd think they'd want to win. I think yesterday was just a lucky shot. I can't be excited about the playoffs after that game because they're going to get their asses whooped if they keep this up that's from mariah in sacramento and the one thing i'll say about your text as opposed to what i've heard from other folks is that yeah that was a a bad win it was an ugly win but it was a win and i'm not talking playoffs i'm not saying that they deserve a playoff spot because they don't you know and as i mentioned multiple weeks ago if you can't win back-to-back games you don't deserve a spot and in the playoffs you've got to be peaking at the right time and it's all about going on a winning streak if you're going to do anything in the playoffs so no they don't deserve anything they haven't earned anything and they have three games left to see if they do deserve anything that's all on them but again like I was telling Vader Raider and everybody else that would listen and even ones that don't listen I'm never going to complain I'm never going to have to defend or at least I shouldn't have to defend a win because a win at the end of the day is a whole hell of a lot better than a loss no matter how you shape it Any kind of loss is worse than that ugly win that the Raiders had on Monday. And there's nobody who could convince me otherwise. You know, also, side note, Vader Raider also is the guy who tweeted me about seven days ago before the when the Browns first got the COVID issues. And I just all I did was say, hey, the Browns are dealing with a bunch of COVID issues. And he responded, it doesn't matter because the Raiders are going to lose anyway. And then I said, hey, man, you're shooting the messenger. I'm just passing this along. And then he said, I know. I'm sorry. I'm just salty. I haven't watched the game since the bye week. When they lost to the Giants, I figured they just started the annual collapse. Thank you for reporting it. So it's easy for fans to turn it on and off. You know, I'm here every single day doing what I got to do, doing a show every single day and uh, covering the team every single day, win, lose, tie, whatever it is. That's what I'm going to do. That's what my dedication and my commitment to you, this show, everything is. But a fan like Vader Raider could turn it off and then after a win, come back and still criticize it. That is... I think is a little, well, you know, just a little suspect. It's just, it's one of those things where, you know, the call sounded very, as a matter of fact, and very angry, but then, you know, you tell me by way of Twitter that you haven't even watched since the bye week. So, I mean, again, Vader Raider's a good dude, very passionate about the team. I love the interactions with him, and I know that there's a lot of things that he said in his call on Tuesday that a lot of people probably agreed with, but at the same time, I mean, hey, you can get as mad as you want, but I'll tell you what, the folks in Cleveland that lost that game, who could have been in first place and now in last place in their division, I bet you they're a lot angrier than anyone who's a fan of the Raiders who actually watched their team come away with the victory. I guarantee you everyone in Cleveland has a, a reason to be a lot more angry than any Raider fan does. But uh, thank you so much for your text. I do appreciate you. I know exactly where you're coming from. No, the team does not deserve a playoff spot. They've got to go earn it, and they've got three games to do it. I don't think it's going to happen, but they got three games to do it. So thank you so much. Appreciate you. Up next, got a call from my guy, Drew, calling out of Houston. He's calling to talk about the fan base, upset about a win. Even though it's ugly, he still has a couple game balls he wants to hand out. Here he is, Raider Drew in Houston. Yo, what up, Q? Big Drew, calling out of Houston. 
Um, just want to address real quick um, the fact that fans are saying we should be upset or, you know, are almost mad about this W. I really just don't get it. Um, you know, a win is a win. Ugly, pretty, it doesn't matter, man. A win is a win. To a lot of us, Raider football is religion, man. And we praise a team that doesn't even love us back, really. I mean, we wait six or seven months every year just to only have about four months of football. So excuse me for savoring every single W, but I'm going to do it, man. Every single win, I'm going to celebrate no matter what. And we're, even though we haven't been playing so pretty, we're right in the thick of things, man. Things, and, and that's just the best. We're in December, late December, and we're still in it. That's, I mean, I love it. I love it, even though it's not pretty. Anyways. Um, game balls real quick for me. Um, I got to give it to our defense as a whole. It doesn't matter who we're playing out there. If you can hold the team and chub under 100 yards, I'm pretty sure we held them under 100 yards, and hold any team 14 points or less, I'll take that any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Uh, so I got to give the defense a game ball to themselves. Jonathan Abram, he deserves one for himself too specifically, no doubt. Homie played lights out. Um, if he can just play in the box, Going forward, that'd be that'd be awesome. And uh, last game ball, got to give it to our boy, uh, Ice Man, Double Clutch, Daniel Carlson. Man, love that kid. Uh, he he's not no sea bass, but that's our boy, and we live and die by him. Anyways, Q, that's all I gotta say. Uh, let's go beat Drew Lock in the Broncos and stay alive in this thing. Raider Nation, out. There he goes, Big Drew. Not Raider Drew, Big Drew calling out of H-Town. And I'm with you, my man. An ugly win is better than a pretty loss. As far as game balls, the defense, John Abram, Daniel Carlson, all well-deserved, my man. Really good stuff. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Next up, and I just got time for a couple more, got a text from Raider Infiltrator. Sup, Q? Just finished listening to the pod, and I pretty much agree with who you gave the game balls to. But I didn't want to talk about that. My message is to Raider Nation. Yes, I know it's ugly, and we're still not playing postseason ball, but enjoy the victory, and let's move on. I see and hear a lot of fans still complaining about not winning in convincing fashion against a COVID-decimated team. I hear about all the players they didn't have and how even though we won, it doesn't matter because we're still horrible and we still ain't making the playoffs. Well, the truth is, crazy as it may seem, we're still in the hunt and weird things are going on all around the NFL. I, for one, am going to keep hope and stay positive until we're officially done for the season. Then I'm up for pounding the table for new players, coaching staff, whatever. But let's ride this thing out. You never know. Raiders up. That's from Raider Infiltrator. Thank you, my man, for that text. I do appreciate you. And yeah, that's the thing about it, man. It's like, hey, if you only got 17 of these things, which is exactly what every single NFL team is guaranteed, you might as well enjoy them. You know, and any time that your team can get a victory, you might as well enjoy it. You know, the Raiders have seven up, seven down. They got three to go. How will they finish? Who knows? Maybe that'll this last three games will define the whole season. Maybe it'll put a bow on the whole season and you'll be able to go into the offseason with your head up high. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to shake out. None of us do, including them. You know, I mean, I just know that they got the Broncos coming to town. They got a very tough game on the road against the Colts. And then they got the Chargers coming to town as well. All three of those games, in my opinion, are going to be very difficult. But, you know, they're all AFC opponents. So like he said, you never know what could happen. I'm not predicting anything. I'm not trying to say that they're going to be a playoff team again. Uh, they hadn't won four games in a row at all throughout the course of the season. So I was very uh, down on the fact that, okay, they're going to go win four to end the season. 
I don't think that that's going to happen. I've said it multiple times. But again, just because I say that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. I don't know. You don't know. And we'll just find out how it shakes out starting on Sunday with the Denver Broncos. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. My final one for today is a call from Raider Black. He's actually calling to respond to Vader Raiders' call from Tuesday about the style of the win that the Raiders had against the Browns. Here he is, Raider Black. What up, Q? This is Raider Black. I'm calling in because I need, um, I'm going to respond to what was said. It's kind of about what you said last week about, you know, what makes a fan and kind of like the other fans calling each other fan, calling other fans out. Um, so I feel I got to call out Raider Vader for what he said on Tuesday's podcast. I mean, I don't understand how someone who's supposed to be a fan wishes we lost. I don't understand how somebody who's supposed to be a fan is angry that we won. I don't understand that. How do you call yourself a fan thinking that way towards the team you're supposed to be rooting for? I mean, should we have blown them out? I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't think we were, we're supposed to blow them out. I think we look, I think that our team, the players on, I think we overrate them a little bit. Cause I don't see with so many players on our team that can start on other teams. So us thinking we're supposed to just go and blow a team out just because they're down so many players. Hell, I look at some of the guys on our team, they're second and third string too. So who are we supposed to be blowing out? But I still don't understand that concept of thinking we are, you know, angry that we won, that we were supposed to, you know, upset that we won. I don't get that. So, yeah, I'm calling Mr. Raider Vader out. That makes no sense to me. I kind of think that, you know, he as well as some others in the fan base, they have this hatred for one player on the team that has just kind of gotten out of control, and they almost hate the whole team for any type of success. And it's making the organization, it's making the fan base, it's toxic now. You can't say without 20-some people jumping on you about how you feel. And, yeah, I'm doing that now, the Vader Vader. But to me, it just does, it doesn't make any sense to come out with that type of statement about a win. We won. We're still alive. What more do you want? So that's me. I'm glad we won. I'm glad we're still alive. Keep the season going, fellas. There he goes right there, Raider Black. Very passionate call, my man. And uh, I'm with you, man. You know, uh, like I said, a thousand times. I mean, it's it's a, becoming a broken record now. Uh, ugly win is better than a pretty loss. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's simple as that. Uh, I said in segment number two, I've never done anything in my life that I won at that I was mad. Never, never, ever have I ever won something where someone said, Q, you're the winner, and I got mad about. Never in my life. Now, if that ever happens, I'll be the first one to come to the pulpit and tell you about it, but I don't believe that that's ever going to happen in my life. As competitive as I am, I don't want to lose at anything. And when I win, 
it makes me happy. Regardless if it's trivial, something small, or it's something large, I want to win at all costs. But that's just me. So that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate all the feedback. Uh, tomorrow we'll start to turn the page and look at the next opponent up on the schedule, the Denver Broncos. Of course, it'll be crossover Thursday. We'll have the crossover edition. Looking forward to that. Always look forward to talking some Denver Broncos and Raiders here on the show. And again, getting prepared for week 16 action. So uh, one more time, want to shout out to the wife. Happy birthday. Enjoy your day. Uh, love you. Uh, love everything that you do for us. And uh, you are fantastic. So Again, want to thank you for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Until tomorrow's show, Raider Nation, take care of your family, handle your holidays, uh, whatever you got to do uh, to prepare for this upcoming weekend. Of course, the New Year's as well. Be safe out there in them streets. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.